Onyx Hunt is our go-to solution for anything mapping related, whether we're at the house or in the field, whether we're using the tracking feature in order to kind of figure out exactly where we're going in and out of the woods, to also implementing the new cell camera feature where you can actually link your different cell cameras that you may have from different brands and be able to get all those photos sent directly through the Onyx app where you can actually see them on your maps and be able to go through all your photos right there in one place. You can use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout and save 20% on your Onyx Onyx membership. Onyx has been extremely helpful for us the last six years, and I'm sure it'll be helpful for you. So know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know the drill. Good optics are a must, whether you're running a red dot sight on your turkey gun or you're running some binos this turkey season, or if you're shopping for a new rifle scope. Vortex Optics needs to be the first place you look. They got something for everybody, whether you're wanting to get some entry-level glass or if you're wanting top-of-the-line glass and really good stuff, they got that too. They also have an unbeatable VIP warranty. If something happens to your Vortex Optic, you can send it in. They will fix it or replace it. Best warranty in the business, bar none. Head on over to MidwayUSA.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN to get a discount on your order of any Vortex product. Again, that's MidwayUSA.com. Go use that promo code SOUTHERN. It'll get you a discount and it helps out the show. Meadow Creek Mounts is your go-to mounting option for red dots on your turkey shotgun. And one of my favorite features about this mount is you don't have to drill and tap your shotgun in order to mount a red dot onto your shotgun. I personally have used this mount the last two seasons and it's worked extremely well for me. One thing I personally like about it is because it's so low onto the barrel when it mounts to the rib of your shotgun, it allows for a very natural head positioning when shouldering your gun. Also an advantage of using a red dot compared to maybe just a traditional bead on your shotgun is you get a much more clear view of the turkey and you're able to kind of see what else is around there and making sure you're perfectly on that bird. Now if you're interested in giving Meadow Creek Mounts a try you can go over to the website MeadowCreekMounts.com and use the code SOUTHERN at checkout to be able to save 10% on your order. Welcome back, everybody, to another bonus episode for the Southern Outdoors Podcast. We're in the basement of the Beaver Dam Lodge, and I'm just going to go around in a circle. So to my left, I have Mr. Chase Grubbs with uh, Turkeys for Tomorrow. I actually just got a title change. I'm the director of development, and I've got Pete here from Turkeys for Tomorrow also. Pete just got involved uh, pretty recently, February of this year. And yeah, about, what, nine months, maybe? Six so not months, that recently. So, uh, yeah, not, not that <laughs> recently, really, but official <laughs> secretary title about, what, three months ago, maybe? Yeah. So... Pete's been crushing it. Yeah. We I got think, the gingerbread hunter. Yeah, no, Jake Myers here. Just having a good time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we just wrapped up uh, our Turkey for Tomorrow Partners Weekend, which has been very, very interesting, kind of seen behind the scenes, which has all of us much more even excited about things to come. Well, Jacob, it's like you were talking about. You had no idea what Turkeys for Tomorrow was on the first episode we did. Jim Ronquist and I got in there, and you're like, now, who are you guys? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've seen stuff on social media. I have no clue. I'm I like, think we've got you sold now. Oh, I mean, no, I mean, after that, after that conversation, I'm like, this is super interesting. I'm like, okay, let, let's see what you know comes about with this. And, Some you know, eye opening. And then, then we went to the, I don't know what you called it, but I'm going to call it a banquet. What, what did we oh, do? The gun bash. The, the gun, gun bash. bash. Okay. Yeah. Our gun bash at the Saugahatchee. That was so. That was really our first event. Yep. Of doing a test, mm-hmm. I, I remember Kevin Matthews, Ron Jolly. Uh, Philip Morton, they all wanted to see how many guys were TFT folks going to draw in. It was one of these new ideas. I've been kind of running the website side of things. I've been doing the outreach on, you know, sponsors and everyday individuals, but could we get them to an event? Mm-hmm. And did we? And, yes. Dude, it was so freaking crazy. We got a smaller event mm-hmm. venue. We didn't want to go crazy and have 300 people show up and not have enough. It, we didn't want the event to not look full. So we're like, okay, we'll cap it at 120. Dude. Three days, and it didn't even take three days. The three days was us checking to see if we could get more seats in there. And more food. And more food. Yeah, me, me and old Kyle size sitting in, standing in the corner back there. We had a good time, man. We were chit-chatting back and forth, but, like, yeah, it was it was crazy to see. And all, it was crazy to see everybody that kind of showed up, first off, because, again, this is something I just learned about, like, a month and a half before, if even that. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. This was, that was in March. That right? was in March. Yeah, yeah, so, so, like, was, literally a, less than a month yeah. afterwards, we're at this event. Well, you I'm were like, texting me about the, the podcast. You mm-hmm. were texting, and I'm like, dude, you should come to the first event um and the thing that really set me off like where i was like this is gonna be just an explosion of of tft stuff is when we posted that video to say we did a tft event Mm -hmm. people were angry man they're like 
But why did we know about it? I'm yeah. like, dude, we sold the tickets so fast, we had to add more tables and, and find food. And we just couldn't have we, anybody else. We that couldn't was, have I mean, anybody else. We had, you know, police at the event to make sure, like, hey, you know, you're not going to go above the capacity. No guns will get stolen, anything like that. So we, we were capped. We never even put it on social media. It wasn't public knowledge because through just, hey, we're going to have a TFT event at the good old, you know, gun store in town, tickets were gone fast. I mean, it was like that. And everybody's, and I didn't get to go. And I'm like, well, we'll do more of those. Well, fast forward. So we that, that was like our last kind of get together. Like Andrew wasn't able to attend, but I was able to attend. It was a fantastic event. And then after that, you know, some time's passed, and now we're here. And it was kind of cool to kind of see, you know, behind the scenes, again, what TFT's doing, what's going on, and also the kind of the, the plan for Because, like, I talked to Ron, and I, I talked to you as well, Chase. You know, we're only 19 months in to this. And the amount of excitement that's now behind TFT is uh, – it's ridiculous. I mean, it's not – no, that's not the right way. It is amazing to see, like, the reach It's right encouraging. Now. It's encouraging. And also for, like, that next generation of hunters coming up, you know, I, I've said this before on the podcast, I'm not the biggest turkey hunter. But I'm also one of those guys that, like, it's important for the, the, to conserve these resources. And it's like anything. Like, I was talking to a lot of guys this weekend, dude. I, a new passion of mine is upland hunting and quail hunting. Well, guess what benefits from turkey habitat? Quail do. And guess what I can't find a lot in Alabama public land? Quail. <laughs> so there, there's, a, there's a lot of ground to be moved when it comes to this, which is super, super exciting what's going on right now. Yeah, and just the energy around this, not only from the leadership and the people who are here uh, this weekend, all the partners, the businesses, the brands and everything, but also just people who I talk to, like whether it be our listeners or my buddies, like you're talking about with the banquet. I mean, like that, people are like, yep, I'm in, let's go. Grassroots, guys. No questions asked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no questions asked, ready to roll. Like there's, there's And that was before we even had our membership. We, we were launching our membership the next week. And so that first event was, will we get a good, you know, will the membership go well for us? And so we were like, we got to get people together and, and see if it's going to take off. Little did we know it is blasting off because I was telling everybody this weekend, I did a year-over-year growth analysis just to see, okay, is Turkey's from our growing at the pace we'd like to see it? And that first year, I was really, really surprised because when Ron called me, he had no idea where we were going to be the next time we talked. And so he called me like a month later, and he's like, dude, we need somebody bad. We thought this was going to be this, and it is exploding. And so just from year one to year two, we've grown over 240%, which is, I mean, we're Excellent. We're, we're in, uh, that was to June 31 on the reports. So we're not even counting July and this part of August. Uh, well, another thing that's important is like people need to understand like the, the reasoning to join an organization like TFT. It's not just like us here in this room that's making it happen. It's everybody that's out there that wants more out of what's being done and what could be done and figuring out better ways to be more efficient with, you know, some of these studies and have better ideas of once things are studied and we have a better idea of what's happening in these different regions, what's that next step to put more turkeys on the ground? And that's been a huge conversation this whole weekend. It's like, how do we get to the point once we figure out what the issue is in different regions, how do we put more turkeys on the ground? And that's why everybody's discussing. And, the, you know. the research isn't the end-all, be-all. Mm -hmm. Turkeys for tomorrow, our mission is to put more turkeys on the ground. And that is what we're going to stand on. It's, you know, the research helps us get there. It's a tool to get to where we want to be. But at the end of the day, we measure success on, are there more turkeys on the ground? And that's where turkeys for tomorrow, I think, really set ourselves apart because that is what we're setting out to do. We've got a bunch of tools in our tool belt to help us, but we are going to put more turkeys on the ground. So I want to discuss a little bit about this spring because uh, I think it was March 1st is when it opened. Was it March 1st when it opened up for memberships? Or March, so a little technical difficulties. I'm a business student and mm -hmm. got thrown into the kind of the website guys domain with uh, the guys at Standing Pine Media who've helped us so much with the website. And I've we've spent some long hours on the phone trying to convey what the business mind wants to the web designer. Those minds don't necessarily go cohesively. But so 12 o'clock on March 1, we, we launched a membership, and that day, it was like, I shared it to social media, and it's one of those posts where it's just like constantly, it lived on social media, people's stories for like three or four days. Membership's just going, just flying off, and uh, it was really great to see that. Um, and then turkey season, I mean, obviously, it's going to slow down when everybody starts getting to the turkey woods. We understand that. We're all turkey hunters ourselves. There's days you call us at 8 o'clock in the morning. We might get back to you at about eight thirty, but but we're still we're milking it for a little bit more. You know, we're we're out in the spring woods enjoying it like everybody else. Yeah, but with the launch of the membership though, it was exciting just because like, hey, 
now you know the organization has more funding that it can go directly into some of these studies because that's the, that's the biggest thing that you know caught my attention when we first had our conversation at NWTF this past year was hey we're actually tr- we're not just raising money to raise money this money is going back into the funding for these different research projects that we're actually trying to do in a more structured manner to get the results that we need to find in order to figure out what is that next step because the problem is and we when we are kind of touched on this is you can't just, it's not just research, research, research. It's like research and then what's the next step, right? Implement, implementing, implementing the things we find mm-hmm. that are going to make those changes from the research we got. And going back to that, it's like when we first sat down, we said, this is our goal. This was our startup year. This is what we're wanting to do. Well, we've since made it through the first year we were, I mean, we were getting close to closing down that, that first year when we guys got on your your podcast. But in that first year, we were able to put over 80% of the money we raised for wild turkeys right back into wild turkeys. And that was made possible by a lot of things. The board wasn't drawing any salaries. No one on our board will ever be paid. It's in our bylaws. Myself, I worked as a volunteer for 13 months, worked two other jobs just so I could do this 40 hours, 60 hours a week as needed, and then worked on the weekends. Um, I mean, Pete, like Pete's a volunteer right now. There's a ton of guys that are building this thing. But to accomplish the goals, we see it. We're like, we're going to meet this milestone, this milestone, and this milestone. How can we get there? And, and we're working backwards, almost like Pete would say, kind of like the military do. They're uh, reverse planning. Reverse planning. Here's where we want to be. Now let's look at what we need to do. And, and that was one of the things Jolly and I talked about early on, is if you want to hit the 80% mark, I can't take a salary. I can't do any of this stuff because we'll never get there. Well, explain the significance of that 80% number because, like, some people might hear that and be like, well, you're a nonprofit. Why aren't you putting, all, like, all of it back into turkeys? Well, you have to operate. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to have oper- overhead for operating the, the organization. You know, Chase has to be paid, but well, what Chase is doing is actually generating, I mean, so the first revenue for the turkeys. The yep. first week I was on salary, I mean, it, we, roll, we rolled some in. And so it, <laughs> he it, worked harder once we started paying him. I don't understand that. <laughs> it, it's like, it's, so guys need to understand. I mean, just doing e blasts, that costs a lot of money to keep you guys educated. Mm-hmm. Costs us money. The laptops, the website we do, costs money. The website maintenance costs us money. There's nonprofits have a lot of costs involved with getting the information to our membership. So to strive for that twenty percent, that's a small, small. That being said, it's that's that's way better than the industry standard. It's though. way better, way way better. Where most people are putting in, like I don't know what the percentage. Well, that's would a startup be. year too. Yeah, that's, so like that's pretty impressive for yeah. a startup. Year. Oh, that's another thing too is y'all just you know we're nineteen months into it and y'all are you've already hit the ground running and funded stuff and already which we'll talk about in a second got some preliminary results already got some other stuff planned we heard about what y'all got planned in Mississippi and it's really exciting and we'll save that we'll uh, we'll talk about that on another one but uh you, I mean you guys come come out of the gate swinging and i well, think that's where a lot of this energy but, is coming and from and i too. think that too it's it was like i was telling jacob we didn't all come from this space we came we all love turkey hunting so we knew how everyone was thinking in the turkey hunting space mm-hmm. but we didn't grow up in the science space or in the in the videos but we we're all from different walks and so when we got together we we're like why what is the end goal well the end goal is more turkeys how can we get there from doing this this and this well that roadmap doesn't always work let's try something new and so i mean we're going where we need to go yeah, and, and that's exciting. All right, so let's talk about the survey that y'all conducted. Uh, you ran the survey, what was it, right after turkey season? Yeah, so we started June, on June 1 to 1, 1, August. To 1 yeah. August. And that was something we did the first year. When I first got involved, Ron had written something himself. It's like it, six questions, I think. And one of the questions was, do you turkey hunt? Did you turkey hunt? Are the numbers you see down? And then what states did you hunt? Yeah, we had, so it was. It was short. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't very, it, it was good questions. We got a little bit more in-depth this year. Next year may be a little shorter, just kind of tweaking it. But last year it was, what, two Canadian Providence? And uh, all all, all, 50, all, all 49 states that have turkeys. We had yeah, Hawaii on there, all too. All 49, yeah. Hawaii was on there, too. And then we had two Canadian Providences. But what shocked me, just getting involved with this as a volunteer, I'm flipping through, doing some data analysis on it. 78% of the people that responded to it. Now, this was 1,400 people for an, organiza- for an organization that had 300 social media followers. So for that, it got out there. It it ran its course. We put it on forums and websites, and so it had 1,400 responses. 78% of those people said their, their turkey numbers were down. So this year we're going into it thinking, okay, we've already identified a lot of people think that their turkey numbers are down. Three in every four think it's down. What can we ask them to get more information, to go to the states and say, hey, here's what everyone perceives is wrong. We need to now attack the perception 
to really start building relationships with the landowners and license holders. We have to, you know, let's be grounded in science, but let's start attacking some of the issues that people are putting forward. They are out there in the woods. They see it. Let's listen to them a little bit. And so some of those questions which we asked, I mean, Pete, you can kind of give everybody the rundown. Yeah, so this year we had 1,593 participants that actually completed the survey. Uh, total states, it was 48. Alaska and Hawaii this year were the only two we didn't get someone from. Uh, the minimum any state had was nine. I think that was Delaware, which was, you know, that's nine. Delaware's not a big state, but still, good. I mean, that's good to get some information from it. Uh, what was interesting is the average days hunted, me and Chase both kind of talked about, it was 21 days. That's, that's hard. A, that's, that's a, a lot. That's, that's a, a lot of weekend hunters lying to their bosses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I might fall into that category. <laughs> probably false COVID tests yeah. might have been. You, that might have been playing a factor, too. Yeah. Yep. Hey, well, man, working from home, I'm like, that's yeah, right. it's about 9 o'clock. <laughs> Do I have service out here so <laughs> I can take this Oh, yes, sir. Bring my hot spot. Yeah. I've got a little bit of a cough. <laughs> but, I, I, I find myself three states away. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to really get away from you guys, just in case. But, yeah, 21 days. Uh, private land, 64% of people that responded to the survey and asked it uh, private. I, I expected it to be a lot more public. Which that shocked me, too, because... Mm-hmm. Everyone attacks all the public land guys, but our study, I mean, seems like a lot of guys are hunting private. private. Yeah. Oh, uh, less gobblers, less gobbling was heard this year. Fifty-four percent said, "Oh, uh, you hunt twenty-one days, you're going to kill a turkey." So, eighty-one uh, percent said they harvested a gobbler, which I thought was that's pretty good success rate out of that's yeah roughly sixteen hundred people. Unless you got that sixteen hundred, there were some straight up killers. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. These two were pretty interesting, and Chase sent me this data, the survey and a spreadsheet, and it, I called him and after I started compiling it. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and I was like, I texted him first. I was like, dude, there's some stuff on here, like some things that I'm seeing, some patterns. So not that we're condoning shooting a Jake if it's legal in your state. Hey, that's totally fine if you want to. And there's some states, so like there is a percent error here because yeah. there's some states where you can't shoot Jake's. So, guys saying, no, we would not, well, they're not legally allowed. Yeah. So, this may be off a little ways, but 13% of the respondents said, yeah, we'll harvest a jake. The very next question, would you shoot a bearded hen? Which, if it's legal in your state, then, hey, it's legal. 13% said they would. So, the chances of somebody, hey, yeah, I would harvest a jake, probably the same person said, yes, I would harvest a bearded hen. And we'll get later on the end. Yeah, we got some. We'll, we'll tie it all together <laughs> here in a minute. So, um, we all know the social media debacle from this past spring with the reaping and fanning. Forty-one percent said yes, they harvested a turkey this spring, reaping and fanning. But only seventeen percent of people said they thought it should be legal. So you said forty-one percent. Harvested a turkey this spring, and we talked about that yesterday. Using reaping or um, fanning. <laughs> I just want to bring that up. That to me, that seems super high. I, I'm just looking at it from the outside, and I'm like, because I don't really know. Anybody. That's almost half. I, that's what I'm saying. That's su- I feel like that's super but high. Seventy three percent of people don't think it should be legal, but when it gets tough, uh, here we go. Yeah, just uh, slip that fan out of the vest. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, we're, of the gonna, we're, we're gonna give it a little try see, here. See some pasture pimps out yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> put we're, the whole sneak on them. Yeah. We're, we're gonna give it a try. We, you know. And so that's where, like, the guys on social media, I don't think everyone was being honest. And mm-hmm. that's not Turkey's Ramar making an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. That's us just putting the information for the listeners. Yeah, that's just really interesting. I, I, I was surprised, actually, when we went over this yesterday. I was surprised it was that high. Well, yeah. I, I, to me, I read that as there's a, a, what you said. There's an amount of guys who are like, hey, I don't really like doing it that way. But, but I do it. But it's legal, and if it gets tough, I'll do it. But it probably shouldn't be legal. You know, right. we, that could be a good way to explain it right there. 17% and, yeah. and those said are the that g- it should be legal, and 41% did it. That's interesting. So, yeah. and then if you're looking at the percentages, that's over 70% that think, no, it should not be allowed. And then you've got 83% actually that said it should not well, be legal. You know, it's actually no different with baiting for deer. I know a bunch of guys who, when baiting got legalized in Alabama, they're like, this sucks. I'm going to bait. Because they're all my neighbors are baiting. How am I going to keep any deer? I heard on it my put property? this way: If you ain't baiting, you waiting. And that's because <laughs> everybody around you is doing it. Yeah. So, but and that's just like if you're out there, one in every. I mean, we'll call it three, just because of how it works out. But mm-hmm. if you're out there with your two buddies, one of y'all is probably going to shoot a turkey that spring, reaping or fanning, which I think is crazy to me. With the social media, like it seemed like. Everybody hated it, but here we are on our survey. 
Half of the people did it. Well, that's why you got to be careful, man. It's easy, easy, easy to get into like an, an echo chamber on social media. And like these hardcore turkey guys who are in these hardcore turkey groups probably all hate reaping, or a lot of them do. There's a giant section of people outside of those groups that don't, or they don't really have an opinion on it. And I think the survey, you know? like we talked about it yesterday with the Spring Legion guys, our survey, we put it on forums, we put it on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, it's uh, for everybody. On, on our website, yeah. we didn't target any one person. There's no. a little percent error in there. There's always going to be. But the general people that fill it out were, you're really hardcore guys, mm-hmm. and you're, hey, I'm going out on the weekend with my kids or with my family, and I'm going to hunt three days this year and, and shoot a turkey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the the decline, you know, we just talked about last year's study, it was 78%. This year uh, was, did you see a decline in your area? 73 So. We're 5%. Right on, I mean, that's we're right around the same numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're on target for yeah. that three-quarter trend we noticed the first year. That's like the science stuff. We're building. We're still at that three-quarters mark. People mm-hmm. are still seeing a three-quarter. When we start seeing significant drops like 60 or 55, then we need to start, hey, what are we doing that's working? And is it going to be this next year, this next season? Is and also what two? region are majority of those people coming from? Yes, Which, and I, I didn't even break it down to that level. Mm-hmm. What? And this, I don't have the notes I, in here, but I remember from, from just looking this, at I it. I sent this to Pete on Tuesday, folks. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday, so. But, you know, this was with turkeys for tomorrow with the bulk of our members. You know, most of these people, let's see, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. <clears throat> Those were the five top states that responded. And then it was like Florida and Pennsylvania, I think. But we also had... Like, I looked, and it was kind of, he and I talked about it. We had a lot of people in Oregon and Colorado and, I think, like, Washington and Idaho, which there were, in the 70s and 80s, people that responded, which I thought was was kind of odd to me, but I guess, now, there's a big turkey hunting group out there in that northwestern portion of the country. And that, just to not get off task, but that goes back to our membership, the first day we launched that, it wasn't Alabama, Mississippi folks. It was like New York and New, New Jersey York, and New stuff. Jersey, yeah, like was... Pennsylvania. You got guys from Colorado, Utah, Arizona. I'm like, man, we our reach is bigger than than I personally thought, and I'm in it every day. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's that's exciting. So a couple more real quick. Um, has there been a decline in your area? Yes, seventy three percent. And then what led to the decline? And there, were, this was pretty much open ended. They could put whatever they want in there. Predators were number one. Lost habitat was number two. And other hunters was three. And there was a lot of people that put later on in the survey, you know, what, what do you want to change? And a lot of people, hey, non-residents, a lot of people had problems with people coming to their state and killing turkeys. But predators shocked me. I thought habitat would probably be the first, but it was 61% thought predators. And then it was good to see the next question, do you trap? 53% said yes, with 90% of the predators they catch being Nest predators, possums, and raccoons. And I think that goes back to, like I said, we can see a lot of correlations here. That goes back to over half of our survey hunts private land or seems to hunt private land. Well, they're all out there doing something. They're out there putting traps out, which is great. The social media has done some good there because that message has been pushed. Let's save the poults. Let's do what we can on our own dirt to help enhance turkey habitat. That also comes back, not to get too distracted, but on that point. So our audience previously before we did surveys we're like man we talk so much about public land it's gonna be a ton of public land guys we did a survey and i think it was like 30 percent of guys 32 percent hunt public everybody hunts private listens to this show which is interesting because it shows like the impact so many people like like we, we talked about this like public such a hot topic because some it seems like so many people want to go hunt public but so many more people are hunting private land whether it's a lease well, there's just more private, private land. Land. Well, that's what i'm saying yeah. yeah but it's like that's where like the some of this biggest uh influx of like uh you know uh, carrying capacity and everything else can come from is these private landowners, or even if you're leasing, you know, leasing a property, like what could be done. But anyways. that's what we do. We we have a big lease, and we have been extensively trapping for the last probably five years, doing turkey management. And knock on wood, we have a pretty stable turkey population that we are fortunate enough to harvest a lot of gobblers every year, and it just kind of seems to reload. But we also have a good poult recruitment. We got a lot of food for them. So, I mean, it's obvious that something we're doing out of that whole recipe there is working on our place. But then, you know, Chase, we we talked about I mean, our place is what no we're going to discuss here at the at the end. The yeah, data well, from the GPS, and you know, you had a, a magnificent place, magnificent property, really, really managed, and you know, they're doing everything right. I heard twenty, thirty turkeys got in the morning. We can't get a poll. So, and that's a 
private piece of property that is one of the primo. the primo ones you would see. But finish out that survey, Pete. I, I, there's some trends here at the bottom that really, really yeah, got so me fired up. Kind of what Chase called me at like 11.30 at night and we started talking about this. Yeah, I called you back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we had respondents, 50 or 36% said they would shoot a turkey at 50 yards or greater, eight at 60, two at 70. We had three people that said they would shoot a turkey at 80 yards. And these, of course, when you've got right at 70% of your participants saying they shoot TSS, you know, they've taken full advantage of its abilities, which we're not saying you should or shouldn't do, but it's, you know, at some point you've got to look at it. Oh, uh, 55% shot a 12 gauge. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, the correlation between if you would shoot a bearded hen and if you killed a jake and if you were fanning and reaping, you also answered yes to I would shoot a turkey at 60 yards or greater. That's what blew my mind. Every Just single respondent. So that, Say that again. So just say that again. All right. I'll, I'm going to say it slow. Yeah. So <laughs> if you answered yes that you would shoot a turkey at 60 yards or greater, you answered yes. I shot a Jake. Yes, I would shoot a bearded hen if legal. Yes, I killed a turkey reaping or fanning. You shot a 12-gauge and TSS. And that blew my mind. And every single one was yes. <laughs> and I told him, I was like... Because, I, I mean, we see it on social media. That's, like it's, like we've said, we're just putting the information out for the mm-hmm. listeners to, to take from it's it what, in- they, what they will. We found the information. Now we're just putting it out there. You guys do what you want. Mm-hmm. But to me, being a turkey hunter, not wearing my turkeys for tomorrow hat... I'm like, man, that's that's kind of interesting. You don't see that on social media. Those guys are there. They're being honest with us. So, like, is that which that, we appreciate them being honest? Right. It gives yes. us a good idea of what was going on. And then the number one, the number one thing when if you could change one thing about turkey hunting, what would it be? The number one thing, overwhelmingly, by twenty percent more than any other answer, was banning fanning and reaping. <laughs> so it's like a direct con- so our survey was a direct conflict there and, and that's where i'm like man you know you guys are brutally honest on the survey that's because ron was asking me mr jolly uh do you think we had a lot of people filled out that just went through and click yes no yes no whatever you know how surveys go i'm like ron I'm, i've looked at some of the answers i've pete's analyzing it right now and when they were coming in i was looking at them I'm like i think people took time and filled this out honestly I was like, they put their name on there, their address, their, their phone number, email. their email, and they filled it out honestly. I was like, we don't ever need to say any names. No, we won't. And we won't. But it's like, we appreciate the honesty there because how can we see what trends are, are going on or, or how people are hunting and using their time in the woods if you won't answer it honestly? It's like the game check thing. If we don't know how many turkeys we're harvesting, how can we manage turkeys? And it's like we were talking yesterday with Adam Butler, who's the director here in Mississippi of turkey. He's well, a, tur- wild, a wild turkey coordinator. Wild turkey coordinator, yeah. So, and Adam was talking about, you know, some of this information that we're getting, even with it being 1,600 people, is valuable information because it's, it's given them the ability to see, yes, there's a, we think there's a decline, what we're getting says yes, and then the hunters actually boots on the ground are saying the same thing. Houndstooth Game Calls is your home for turkey calls this spring. Go check them out. They got all the classic turkey calls. You know, they got the pot calls and the box calls and the mouth calls. But they also got a couple really interesting calls. One of them is called the the success call. And you just need to go look it up. It's very, it's like a box call that you can work with one hand. It's really, really cool. Sounds incredible. They also got the Spur Master, which is another very unique call that you can get some really unique, clean tones out of. They're going to help you out this turkey season. Use the promo code SOP24 to get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls. That's SOP24. Use it at checkout. It helps the podcast. Save space and cut weight with the Sawyer Mini Water Filtration System. This water filter fits in the palm of your hand and has a total field weight of just two ounces. I use this thing all the time. Basically, the way that it works is you get a drinking pouch. So it's literally just a little plastic pouch with a cap on it, like a water bottle cap that you fill up with water, and then you attach the filter to the front of that and squeeze the water through it into, you know, whatever you're holding your water in. Super fast, super easy, super serious filter, filtering out all bacteria, protozoa, and microplastics, so you don't have to worry about salmonella, E. coli, or stuff like Giardia. This saves me a ton of weight, whether I'm doing a long scouting trip or, you know, hunting all day. I get to carry less water with me, taking up less room in my pack, and then when I come to a nice stream, filter out some water, and I'm good to go. Head on over to Sawyer.com to check it out or hit the link in the description of this podcast.
Man, Mark's Outdoors is your one-stop shop for everything outdoor and shooting related. They're a family-owned business that's been around for over 40 years now been serving the Birmingham area, but now they have opened their doors to everyone across the United States through their online store. Again, me and Andrew have been using Mark's Outdoors for years now. They have unbelievable supplies of literally anything that we need we can pick up from Mark's Outdoors. They're even carrying different saddle companies, sticks, platforms, the whole nine yards at Mark's Outdoors. And again, if you don't live in Alabama and you don't want to make the drive to Birmingham, you can go over to their website, marksoutdoors.com, and actually shop on their online store to get awesome deals on different products that you may be needing right now and be able to get to you in a very timely manner as well. So give Marks Outdoors a try. We promise you, you'll enjoy them. They have unbelievable customer service and some of the best guys in the industry. True Lock Chokes has been around since 1981 and still a family-owned operation from the great state of Georgia. True Lock makes every choke configuration you can imagine for any kind of wing shooting, hunting application, but also going to the skeet and trap range. Going into this turkey season, me and Andrew are going to be shooting the new Headhunter series chokes from True Lock and also going to be trying out our buddy Dave Owens Pinoti Chokes from the Pinoti Project. This is an awesome family-owned operation, guys, that is building all their chokes right here in America, right out of Georgia. If you're looking for a new choke this spring, give True Lock a try, and you can use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout and save 10% on all your orders. So y'all go support this awesome local Southern company and give True Lock a try. And we appreciate True Lock's support of the Southern Outdoors and Podcasts. And then Hunter Methods for like, hey, how do we, you know, structure our season? What do we need to do for this? How do we, what gauge shotgun, like what should we have our regula- regulations written to? He's like, you found some of that information right there and it only took you two months. Yeah, it's just valuable information that like you don't know until you find out and like it's interesting to see some of the data points. Well, like, I'm, okay. I'm super excited for five years from now mm-hmm. to have built a survey where if every year, even if it doesn't grow, which obviously it will, um, as membership grows, as membership grow. grows, yes. And I think next year we've already got a commitment. We're going to give away a shotgun and, and have some really cool stuff. So yeah, we're going to we're, <laughs> we're going to boost the uh, incentive to it, actually complete it. Right, but it's like in five years when we look back, you'll be able to see these trends. And even from last year, it's like we're right on the mark. We had seventy eight percent last year say they thought it was down. This year, seventy three. Seventy three. So people are being pretty honest with us. We're getting more responses. We're getting, you know, this year we expanded the questions to really hit on some trends. Next ta- year, I tactics. think we're going to focus. Next year, we're going to focus on a few different things. One that was proposed is how long have you been turkey hunting? You know, what's your level of experience turkey hunting? You know, what's your age group? Eighteen to twenty-four, twenty-five to thirty. You know, and and look at those demographics and see if okay. You know, I'm forty. Y'all are. Y'all are my son's all age. Tw- yeah, yeah, all y'all are, 20s. yeah, all in your 20s. And is it the older crowd that's still shooting the old 12 gauge that's not shooting the TSS, that's the 30-yard and not knocking y'all, but is it the, the guys that grew up with, like you said, the internet and social media and, you know, oh, man, it's so cool, you know, I'm shooting TSS, I can kill that turkey at 60 yards and, hey, I only got to hunt this weekend, I'm, I'm going to shoot a Jake just because I don't, I don't get to hunt again. You know, I've got something going on and – It'd just be interesting to see if people are still honest and break that down and, and, and see if it's a demographic that's specifically saying yes to these questions. That helps us build a roadmap for what member, do we need? Yeah, members and what do we need to do for turkeys? Because that's our whole mantra is yep. for turkeys. For the wild turkeys first, we need to look at how we're hunting him, how we're managing him, and how he's making it to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if the ways we're hunting are sustainable. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, is that is that everything on the server? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the high point, really. There's yeah, there's twenty some, something questions, and we mm-hmm. could go down. And I'm discuss sure this like for we'll days. pick it apart and everything, and, and keep looking at it in the future, and then it's going to come out. I'm assuming postseason next year for the second round, yes, sir. Yep. All right, cool. The, we'll be sure to keep people yeah, gonna, posted. People on are going to hear about the podcast too in great detail. Um, I, I want to get over and talk about some uh, the preliminary. Uh, data data points that's kind of come out recently from Alabama from uh, you know y'all study there. Um, let, let's kind of discuss a little bit of this because this really when y'all share this on, on on Facebook and Instagram, it blew up. I mean, I shared it and I was like, wow. And uh, there's some interesting factors that I think we'll we'll be able to briefly discuss and, and talk about, especially how this is uh, being seen not just in Alabama. So yeah, we uh, we've had these projects. We talked about them in in Nashville. We've, that was our really first TFT initiative. We're going to put four research projects on the ground. They grew from one project. Well, the first part of this project came back across my desk from Dr. Goolsby, Dr. Ditchkoff, 
and uh, Brett Collier was a consult on this. So with like Auburn University with so yes, yeah, War Eagle, War Eagle. <laughs> um, we had Ditchkoff with with Auburn, Goolsby with Auburn. Collier was a consult with LSU, and then we had Dr. Chamberlain as well. All these guys. So it finally hit my desk. And he's like, "Hey, here's year one. What we've got." I'm reading it. It's I'm scrolling. Whoa, zero pulse. And and the number that that shocked me was, okay, how do we get to zero pulse? I always go to the bottom and then come back up to to see because I want to know like, okay, what was it? We had 20 hens that got captured this year. I spent two weeks with those guys captured on one of the capture sites. And this is primo private ground. Primo private ground. Two different places. Two different places. West Alabama. East East Alabama. Alabama. What counties? uh, Macon County is one. And then I'm not too sure. You're asking the Southern Iowa guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I went down there and spent two weeks with them and was really just like, this is we're funding this or helping fund this. We want to see all aspects of this to share it with our membership base. I want to be able to speak to it on a podcast when the information comes out. These properties were highly managed. They were trapping the whole time we were there. I mean, it was like extensive trapping. They were burning. They were doing everything right. We were able to catch 20 turkeys. So, fast forward, comes across my desk. I get a report that 18 out of the 20 survived. So, we had a 90% survival, which is pretty good. What killed the two? We Uh, don't know. It's tough to say. So, the thing with turkeys, and I'll just, so the listeners know, when a turkey dies, it's hard to say because he's got so many predators. Usually, you don't find a skeleton. There's not much left behind. You'll see a pile of feathers. It's tough to say what exactly. But if you it. find the GPS transmitter like in a coyote turd, you know, it's pretty good. So they, <laughs> well, so those transmitters are a little they're big. big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're big. Somebody did, I'm not sure they which found, state it was, they found a pole transmitter in a, a snake. snake. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's and terrible. So, uh, 15 of those hens, 75% initiated a nest. Started one. Started one, which is like, hey, if we're doing 75%, we're okay. There's going to be some carryover there. And like I said, I'm not a scientist, but this is my draw from what came across my desk. And that's what I think Chamberlain's talked about. If you can get a, like a high nest initiation, then you should have. You that's should. a really good step in yes. the right direction. Right. If the habitat and everything's right, you should be able to get poults on the ground. Yeah. So 2% of those hens, or two of those hens, 10% successfully hatched a poult. Okay. Yeah. That kind of lines up, though. If, you, if we look at some of the turkey research that's been going on, you capture 40, you have eight or, you know, six to eight, maybe 10, maybe four hatch. That's pretty, we're on, we're on, we're on course. I'm not shocked yet. I'm scrolling down, you know, yeah, yeah. reading the notes to it. I'm like, okay, you know, that's, we're all right. Um, not all right, but like, we're not way off. Our research isn't miss, missing the point. Then I get to the point where I mentioned earlier, brood survival, 0%. I'm like, all right. <laughs> We have a fundamental problem here, at least in the, the trends of we are initiating nests, so they're putting eggs on the ground. How do we get the eggs to hatch, and how do we get the poults to make it to 14 days? To 14 days, and then do we get them to make it to six weeks? They got to make it where they can fly the 14 day mark, and then they got to make it to six weeks where they're pretty. I mean, they're evasive at six yeah, weeks. They're evasive. Yeah, they can survive. To answer your question, though, it's Macon County and Hale County. Okay, so we're talking. West West Alabama and East East Alabama, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know it's a small sample size. It's twenty hens, but like my gosh. So what he's still... about to what he's about to tell you? Yeah. So I got on the phone and I called some other people. I'm like, hey, other states. Yeah. I'm like, I'm no researcher. Yeah. And I keep saying that just because I don't want the research community to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to him too much, but but I call some other buddies uh, that I've worked with at Turkeys from Morrow and have done some consults and also just guys I know that work with state agencies. And I'm like, Hey, what's going on in your state? What are you seeing this year? Kind of off the record. And I don't necessarily need to name individuals or, or states, but there's one particular state where they caught 41 year, 40 the next year, Midwestern state, Midwestern state. And, uh, so we're not, we're not in the same geographic, geographic region, region as Alabama. So this is going to paint an even better picture because you can't look at it and say, "Oh, well, this is all the same habitat, the same geographic region, the same climate." So we're at we're at a hundred turkeys caught right now, counting yeah. the Alabama twenty and this midwestern state's eighty over two years. Then we've got another midwestern state; they've got another forty. So now we're—I mean, our numbers are skyrocketing here. And then we've got a state that the THP guys have, have kind of covered and done some videos on Missouri, and they're not getting a whole lot of poults. Compared to that information, we got less than twenty poults on the ground with some of these research 
the last couple of years. So I'm like, we're not far off. People were commenting on there. I mean, that post got impressions that were just through the roof. I mean, two, I think it had two hundred thousand. Yeah, over on over two hundred thousand engagements on just Facebook. So it went far and wide. And the comments I'm reading, I read all of them are not large enough, not large enough, not large enough. And I'm like, guys, it's a it is a problem. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know twenty or whether it's two hundred, it's preliminary too. I mean, and it's preliminary stuff. There's stuff. I mean, yeah. next year we could have a great hatch. The following year, of the study we could have another bad hatch, and we could say, hey, these are the trends. But we're catching this really early to say, all right, we compared it to some other states, I and mean, we're going to do some other like announcements that say, hey, here's the the hard data and the facts. Pay attention because not a, it's not our study size, it's not our geographic region. We have a fundamental problem getting these turkeys to make and, it. And something that we really want to point out, too, is TFT is always going to provide the data that we were given, whether it's ugly, good, bad. Like, we're going to let people know that this is where this is what it is. If it's great, then, hey, that's awesome, you know. But if it's bad, you know, we're not going to try and sugarcoat it and hide it because that's not going to fix the problem. So, I mean, zero is not what we wanted to see. Yeah, and it's... But, I mean, it, it opened eyes, and look at the conversation that started and the engagement. I think a lot of people showed up this weekend because... Because of that. Because of that. And they were kind of like, oh, man, you know, I've talked to my buddies who are doing a project over here, and they're saying the same thing. Maybe it's not a project issue or, a, you know, a state issue. Maybe it's more widespread. And I think that people are starting to see that. The social media trend is, has yeah. switched to that. With this study, what are some of the things that you're kind of trying to get to the bottom to? Like, are you looking at bag limit or season dates or anything like that uh, as yeah. it relates to, like, nest so, initiation? So we're looking at really all that with the goblin chronology. And then the huge thing is disease, and that's where I know you guys yeah. were talking to Pete yeah. about getting him back on. That disease information is going to be uh, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Yes. But it's also when you look at it, and after some of the discussions this weekend, like your mind's blown because you're like, oh, there's like so much to this. Yes. It's not just a disease study either. It's yeah. it's a fertility right. slash uh, yeah. disease. It, and we had 401, uh, 401 turkey tar- carcasses donated across, was it 48 counties? Uh, I gave yeah. y'all two of them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you're doing your part to help research. Doing my part. <laughs> well, so it was interesting. Like I've been very hands-on. Ron and everybody's made sure that everybody with Turkey Tomorrow has been super hands-on. I went to Auburn and spent a day with those guys cutting those turkeys up, processing them for, you know, sending the legs off, sending the, the crops off, and, and just doing everything they're doing to get these carcasses broke down, packaged up, send them where they need to send them to analyze. There were some turkeys that when they got thrown up on the table. You could tell. Visually, I could just say something's not right here. And when you're looking at 400 laying on the floor, all bagged and tagged, and you know like who it, where it came from, what it is, you're like, hmm. Let's make this point too. These turkeys were not just killed for this purpose. These were actual hunters that donated, that back. signed up. Thank you, Pete. You know, they harvested <laughs> the birds. They got the meat from the turkeys. Got the beards, the right. fans. These were the remaining carcasses that were donated for this project. So. Right. TFT just was we weren't just out there shooting turkeys just to have dead turkeys to, <laughs> that, to study. So this these were actually legally harvested turkeys that were donated for this project. And so the thing I noticed, turkeys laying on the table or on the ground in these bags, they throw them on the table. Well, I'm starting to see some some of that stuff, and I'm I'm filming it and talking to those guys like, hmm, you got my attention. They start cutting the testicles out of some of these. You've got everything. I mean. There was some vast coloration and size differences. Especially with some of the jakes. And especially with some of the jakes. And then also, like, there was some really, really big-looking mature toms that you would pull them out, and you're like, man. Look like a jake. Yeah. That, whoa. How is that turkey and breeding? I, I can't say anything about it right now. We don't yeah. know. I can't speak to it. We haven't analyzed that but yet. But it's visually. But it's, visually, to me, yes. if you were in the room or if you were in the room, mm-hmm. you would see the same thing I saw. And I think, like, as turkey hunters – if we if we were able to show you what we saw in the room, <laughs> you guys would all say, uh, "Whoa, yeah, yeah." I mean, and uh, it's all anecdotal right now, and it'll come out as the research continues. But it's like, man, you know, when uh, when there's like a research project and you got twenty hens and you don't get a single poult out of any of them on highly managed property, highly like, managed, that doesn't sound great. I'm just like, we'll see. Maybe it'll be totally different next year. But it's like, eesh, okay, I don't like that. And probably the same thing with the disease study, which the and disease just, stuff is just to scary. so that I don't get attacked later. The one property hogs have been removed. Yes. Mm-hmm. So just so the guys aren't saying it's hogs, mm-hmm. it, it, hogs were completely removed. Yeah. 
Man, I, I want so bad to be like, what do you think it is? But I probably like we probably shouldn't answer. Well, that I was, gonna, I was gonna say I'm probably gonna get some texts. I've probably already shared too much. Mm. I get those texts <laughs> 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 just because. I mean, this is so tight to these guys. They they really are passionate about it. Yeah. But as turkey hunters, we can't necessarily wait five years down the road. We got to start educating. So we got to start taking action once we start yeah. finding out what some of the root cause of this. Is. One one thing, Chase, I've, to, I've told you about this before, and one thing I noticed, like at NWTF when we met is the focus on communication with TFT and their members and, and that membership base. And that's something that I really appreciate is the, is the idea, like Pete, like you said, like whether, you know, we, if we have stuff that we can publish or put out there just to let people know what's going on, let's do it, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Yeah. If As long as everybody's in agreement, it's like, hey, we need to be able to get this out there. Like that communication, like I've said this whole weekend, because we were talking about all different topics, and I told I was uh, well, explaining this. Why do you think we filmed everything this weekend? Well, that's right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's the, the communication side of stuff is like what is being lost now when it comes to like different organizations, different uh, you know state agencies and stuff. There's a there's a there's a there's a miscommunication between the hunters and people in charge, and vice versa. Where and the members in the in the in the members as well. Yeah. Which that's one thing I like about TFT is like that open like try to be as open as possible communication mm-hmm. and what's going on and all. Also, what is where you, as a member, paying your fifty dollars as a membership? What is it actually going to? So you actually understand like what's being done. And now? we might not be in your state. That's one thing I've tried to to clarify. But the information is applicable. And we're working to get to into, get into other states. And there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that's about to happen that we can't really speak to right now. That, yeah, I mean we're 19 months in, guys. We're, yeah, we're, <laughs> there's some big things coming. And there's some initiatives that we're we're taking with some other states and other partners, other partners that it's really going to. I know Chase, the amount Man. of growth was exponential, but it's it's going to grow I mean, even more in a yeah. faster amount of time, and it's going to be able us to implement some of the ideas that we've gotten from this we're, research data. And plus, we're, we're listening. Yeah, the guys that text me and or email me, we hear you. We yeah. we under, we got it. We're we, about to start putting. <laughs> practices into place on some property that is coming from the results we've got from some of these studies. So, and hopefully, you know, a couple of years, which, you know, with turkeys, nothing's going to happen overnight. We'll be able to tell not just our members, anyone that's, that's looking at TFT, this piece of property, we did this because of this research and there are more turkeys here now. So we have solved a, a problem here and hopefully that can correlate into other areas and other regions and, we wanted to, we wanted very much to be to be rooted in research, mm-hmm. um, man. Yeah. <laughs> rooted in research because when you go back, you can I say think we, you've said research like a hundred times. Well, <laughs> and and it's not, but it, but I want to clarify, it's not research that is going to drive people with more satisfaction. We've got to be results based. Yeah. At the end of the day, we have to have more turkeys. We have to figure that out. But we can say we're doing this or we're trying this with your state. We're sorry that this has happened. Mm-hmm. we're in the position we're in now, but because of the research, we have to try this. And, and one thing we're doing as well, you know, I, I know we do the email drops, the social media posts. We want our members and, and even we'll people that aren't members. We'll pick to, up the phone and call yeah, us. Yeah, you know, and be able to say, hey, look, I gave that $50 for that membership to TFT. They said they're going to do these projects. And then, you know, six months later, three months later. Hold us accountable. Yeah, we see, they see a Instagram post or an email blast. This is where we are in the project. Not, I just gave you the money and then a year from now, you don't hear anything. Until we're asking you for it to renew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. No, we're not, that's not how we're, we operate. Well, and it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword for me. I, I take a lot of the heat because I'm constantly, I'm constantly begging these guys, like, can I share something? Can I say something? Can I do something? And that's the, re- that's the scientist. That's the scientist. It's their baby. It's their intellectual property. But for our organization, I have to communicate it to a huge base of people, and uh, in a way that doesn't give too much, and too much away, too much away for them. So I'm constantly. It's like, man, I hear all the people. I when I, you guys call me and talk to me on the phone, I want to say so much. <laughs> Just know, like, we hear you. We are working every day to help put more turkeys on the map. And there's, like he said. The next year for Turkeys for Tomorrow, people looking at this are going to say, whoa, that's fast. Yeah, the ne- that's what I'm excited about is the next 12 months. And that's another reason why if you're not currently a part of TFT and Turkeys for Tomorrow, this is a reason why to have your membership is because 
there, there is a movement going on now, guys, that you can hold on to, grab, be a part of, and be like founding members into being something that's going to be very memorable. This is something that's not like this whole weekend was a um, like a it was like a light switch for I think a lot of people after like seeing this communication going on and what's going on behind the scenes in order to again put more turkeys on the ground, but also bring those hunters with the organization as well. It's not just TFT going out there and doing themselves. It's again supported by hunters for the hunters themselves. Um, and again, this is a huge reason why if you're not part of being, you know, if you're not part of TFT, look at joining your, or getting your membership, whether you're a lifetime member, whether you're just doing $50 a month or $50 a year or what, look at this because there's a lot of stuff coming down the rabbit hole that you're going to want to be a part of and actually be more involved with, especially if you want to be more involved. Now, hey, if you just want to send some money and help out TFT, that's awesome too. We don't turn any down. We Absolutely. don't. We don't turn any down. But we've been very strategic with the partners we have, mm-hmm. and that's. And you saw, without saying names, you saw some of the people here this weekend. Yeah. Some of the brands, and they are, they're not, they're they're heavy hitters in the industry. But I really commend Ron Jolly. He told me like, "Hey, this is what we're going to appeal to. Go out and and find it. Go but forth don't, and do good things. But don't also. just yeah. That's pretty much what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> but but don't just go take money to take money and be beholden to somebody to someone. That doesn't align with our mission statement. Right. So yeah. we've done that. And that's where you're saying, like, the guys that are calling me right now, sign up for life memberships, I've got a notepad, and I'm writing down what you're saying, and I'm taking it to the board, like, hey, this is what the people actually think. The guys that are signed up for the $50 memberships, if they call me, not, well, a, not a lot of them do, and yeah. I try to call some of them. We'll answer the phone. We'll talk to them. I try to call three new people a week from the $50 members. And now that's not a lot, but, man, that's – I'm on the phone a ton, and I'm taking the time out of my – that's usually later in the evening, so I'm going to call them and say, hey, I saw you – you know, join this week. Thank you. What did you join Turkey's from R for? I'm writing it down on a notepad, running up the ladder. The ladder's not very high right now. I don't only have to go up to the board and uh, say, hey, this is what everybody thinks. We're so agile, which mm-hmm. is where this thing's going to go. But definitely have everybody head to turkeysfortomorrow.org. Check it out. We've got some really good information on there in our news section and also the Become a Member section. Follow yeah. us on Instagram, Facebook. Give us a like. Yeah, what what's y'all's handles on uh, Instagram? Turkeys for tomorrow. Turkeys for tomorrow on everything, and then four turkeys on Twitter. Like I said, that's been our whole yeah. our whole mantra. Yeah, and uh, like like anything, guys. Again, this is something worth putting you know some time and effort in. And it, again, if you want to become more involved, reach out. My uh, cell phone number is on the website. Yeah, you you can harass the hell out of Chase. Listen, <laughs> yes. he's a, he's, yes. a good, he's a good talk. Listen, yes, talk to him about hunting Iowa. He'll give you the lowdown. <laughs> oh, he's Iowa. got some Onyx pins. He's got, listen, he'll he got, definitely give away for fifty dollars. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, 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 there we go. I I might yeah. Some Onyx pens for a couple life members, maybe. Yeah, you know. Hey. <laughs> Chase that guided whitetail hunt. You know, slip right. Chase is stepping up. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, no, guys, we appreciate y'all, of course, inviting us out and being a part oh, of this we, weekend. We thank, thank y'all for being here. It means a lot. Yeah, thank you, guys. Right, glad to be here. It's, it's, it's exciting. Again, you know, uh, this is just stepping stones for TFT. You know, 19 months in, the next 12 months are going to be monumental. And, again, a lot of people are going to see. And, again, we hope a lot of the listeners, you know, join. And I'm sure we'd be able to go through the uh, the link in the show notes below as well to be able to go directly to the website and check it out. But guys, become members like us. Come get involved. And, hey, uh, stay tuned for other events and stuff happening with TFT in the near future. So thanks again, guys. And we'll catch you back on next week's episode of Southern Outdoors and Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Kyle Veet host of the Ozark Podcast, a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the southeast. If you're enjoying this show, then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark Podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.